Are you tired of the same routine of studying the Bible? We thought so too, and it's time for a change. Hi, I'm Aaron, your host. This is co-host. Josh, the Bible. You know of it. We know of it. But how well do we understand it? Uh, again, hopefully a lot better now uh, yes. than before. Yeah. So, uh, what, we uh, we pulled last episode um, Hebrews? Yes, right? Hebrews 1. Mm-hmm. And uh, we started with an and. How fun is that? Yes. <laughs> um, so... Let me switch over, get rid of all that, and uh, get over to our notes. We have a lot of notes. Yes. Um, so Hebrews uh, 1, 10 through 14 is, is what we pulled, right? Right, right. You want to take a look at that passage yeah, to begin with? Yeah, I think so. So I'll switch it over so we can see it. Okay. So starting in verse 10, And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, And the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. And they will all become old like a garment. And like a mantle, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will also be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not come to an end. But to which of the angels he has ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit Salvation. Wow. So when we first read that, um, it, it's, it's kind of easy to pick up a, a, a little bit of, of what this is about. And ultimately, you know, we're, we're looking at uh, this epistle being the book that we really needed today, that we need today. Yeah. Um, talk about some of these notes. So it, it was, um, at the time it was written, it seemed like the ages were, were colliding, um, that they were, I lost my notes there. Oops, sorry. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, everything in society uh, seemed to be uncertain. Right. Um, and it was written to Hebrew believers who were wondering what was going on and what they should do about it. Their faith was wavering as the stability of the old was passing away. God shakes up things so that we may learn to live by faith and not by sight. And he wants to build our life on the permanence of the eternal and not the instability of the temporal. That's so. Pretty amazing. Yep. Um, so ultimately, you know, this this lesson that we're going through right now, um, you know, Josh and I kind of settled on Jesus is the everlasting creator and only savior. Yeah. You know, the, and there's reasons for that, too, uh, that we're going to be looking at here in just a few seconds. You know, the main ideas of this um, is verse 10 starts with and. Yeah. You know, and, and what? Um, we We don't know. And, yeah, and, and when you're reading the Bible, you're studying in the Bible, and if you come across, across the word and, therefore, wherefore, something something like that, it's linking an idea back to something that was previously made, a point. It, it's linking. So as, as verse 10 starts, it's building off of something. Right. So what's it building off of? Right. So looking at, um, let me pull these notes again. Ah, doing a lot of switching. Um, the major question here is, you know, the author starts these quotes in verse 5. Right. Right? Um, but it really starts in verse 1. You know, chapter 1, verse 1. Right. And right. He's laying out a case that Jesus is greater than the angels. Right. Uh, he's actually quoting from the Old Testament to make that point. And like you said, it starts in verse 5, but the argument really starts in verse 1. But who is this author, and why are they trying to make this argument? So 
uh, as we look in, the author is not actually named in the book of Hebrews. He doesn't give his name, unlike many of the other epistles. Um, Scholars have put forth some candidates, but uh, I think the the leading candidate, and as we walk through it, you'll see, I believe is Paul. Uh, One good reason would be the early church fathers believed the author was Paul. So that that, that gives you a pretty, but that's not set in stone there. Um, Peter in 2 Peter does uh, say that Paul wrote to the same audience that he was writing to, and that would be a Jewish audience, um, not a Gentile audience like most of the churches that, that Paul founds. Um, and he refers to Paul's writing as Scripture, uh, and Hebrews is the only thing that fits these descriptions of Peter. So that's the eyewitness of an apostle. That That's pretty good. That's Yeah, that's decent. Um, and if we look at the, the end of chapter 13, I think Paul kind of tells you that it's him, because if you look at it in verse 24, it's, it's written from Italy. If we look at verse 23, he's a friend of Timothy. We all know Paul's a friend, of, but Timothy had other friends. But um, and before it was written before the destruction of the temple, clearly by the by, by things said in the book and, and, and arguments and cases that are made, uh, and this fits Paul very well at the end of Acts twenty eight. Um, but I think if you look at the very end, Hebrews thirteen twenty five, it's how the book ends. Uh, he says, "Grace be with you." Sounds familiar. Yeah, of the twenty one epistles in the New Testament, fourteen of them end with this. Uh, grace be with you, or variation. Um, Thirteen of them were written by Paul. The fourteenth is Hebrews. Uh, if you go through them, uh, Romans sixteen twenty four, First Corinthians sixteen twenty three, Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen, uh, Galatians six eighteen, Ephesians six twenty four, Philippians four twenty three, Colossians four eighteen. He's got more. First Thessalonians five twenty eight. 2 Thessalonians 3.18, 1 Timothy 6.21, 2 Timothy 4.22, Titus 3.15, Philemon 4.25, if you don't believe me, look them up. <laughs> then look at the other epistles. Look at Peter. Look at Jude. They're, they're, it's not there at all. Right. Um, now, and to, if, if you if, uh, I say, read through, look through the book of Romans, and then read Hebrews, and you're like, same guy wrote this. Now, <laughs> it we does read sound it, very similar. We read it in English, so I know they say some of the grammar doesn't doesn't match apparently in the Greek and such. Um, and I would say the, the best thing I've heard is I believe Paul wrote it in Hebrews. I mean Hebrew to the Hebrews. He actually right. wrote it in Hebrew, and I believe uh, likely Luke translated the Greek. And you know when you translate, some things change a little bit. Maybe the grammar changes a little bit. Um, and I think that seems to be the most likely one. Um, so it's I think your two good candidates are either anonymous or Paul. So. <laughs> And then who, who is he writing to? And he's writing to believing Jews. These are Jews that, that believe in, that Christ is the Messiah. They've put their faith in them. But now they're looking at these tough times. They're facing pressure. Should we go back to what's old and familiar uh, in Judaism and, and, and worship at the temple? Uh, when was yeah. it written? It was probably written, it was written, like I said, before AD 70, likely around AD 67 to 69, one to three years before the destruction of the temple. So pretty big warning. Yeah, uh, that was that was that was cl- clutch. Yeah, uh, Paul probably coming in pretty clutch to to save a significant portion of people. Some of the things that I was reading, and, and maybe you know uh, better about this than I do. Um, supposedly, not one Christian died in that initial destruction. Now in eighty seven, yeah, and a lot of that has to do. Uh, they believe people believe with the Olivet Discourse of Jesus. Um, uh, and, and the Christians took warning to that and fled. Yes, I, yep. I've, 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 seen, I've seen similar things. Okay. Yes. All right. So do do your own research, obviously. Don't just take our word for it. These are just things that I read in my study, and I thought it was cool and wanted to just kind of pop it in there. You know, so 
Mm-hmm. There you go. And then, so why why was why did Paul or whoever anonymous write this to the Hebrews? And it was to encourage the audience to not leave their faith, return to Judaism, to avoid further persecution. Right. Uh, but also, the Book of Hebrews presents the only full discussion in the New Testament of Jesus Christ as our High Priest. So we all know that, and that that case is made, and this is the only full case of it made in the New Testament is here in Hebrews. And it also answers the question, what happened to Jesus? We, we know Jesus ascended, he went back to heaven, but, but what ministry did Jesus have in heaven, and what, what did he do there? And the book of Hebrews answers that. But yeah. let's go back to that argument he was making, um, back to verses 1 to 3. Um, let's look at those first uh, three verses first. Oh, let me get there yeah. real quick, and we'll switch on over. There we go. All right. So God, after he spoke long ago to the fathers in the prophets in many portions and in many ways, in these last days has spoken to us in his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the world. And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. When he made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So it just begins right here with God. This is how the book begins. Oh, I see yours is a little different than mine. Yeah, and I, I actually <laughs> want to apologize for that. I, I pulled from originally the, the ESV. Your, oh, okay. your original notes uh, aligned more with the ESV. ESV, okay. Yeah, okay. and then yeah. you're reading right now. He's reading from the NASB. Okay, okay. So, so yeah, we might have a little, sorry. I'll, just, I'll read off your screen from now on. <laughs> there's going to be some uh, some differences. I apologize. There won't be any more because I'll read off that screen. All right. But uh, anyway, so it starts off God. Uh, and this is how the book begins. Uh, there's no attempt to prove God's existence, and primarily because of who the audience is. He's he's reaching an audience that believes in God. There's no doubt about it. Now the question is, how do we become right with that God? Right. Um, and it says at many times, or at different times, in different ways, or at many times in many ways. I'll try to go over there. Okay, I'm change my notes <laughs> a little bit. So God spoke to the prophets in a variety of ways. Right. Uh, with Moses, it was a burning bush. Not really a burning bush. A bush that wasn't consumed by fire. Right. But we call it the burning bush. Listen, you know, <laughs> it, it, with Elijah, a stall, still small voice. Uh, with Isaiah, a heavenly vision. Uh, with Hosea, a family crisis. Right. Uh, I love this one, Amos, with a basket of fruit. Uh, but the idea here is not that the prophet spoke, but the idea here more is that the prophet spoke to their ancestors in various ways. Um, like with Nathan using parables with David. Uh, we see Daniel using historical narrative. We see Elijah with prophetic confrontation. We see Ezekiel using dramatic presentations and acting things out. Um, we have the Psalms, the Proverbs. Right. Um, God spoke in a spectrum in the Old Testament, but Christ is that prism that brings those bands of light together and focuses them into a pure being. So, um, And then we have uh, in these last days. Now this is referring to the age of the Messiah. It may be a long period, but it, it's going to be the last period. So, right. So, he's spoken to us by his son. Yes, um, which is hyper important that we all really understand. And at that point in time, you know these these uh, Hebrew believers, which they were believers, um, but they were very tempted to slide away yes. from from Christianity and go back to. Uh, you know, uh, temple sacrifices and, and priests and all of that other stuff. Uh, so they were tempted to do that. Uh, it could be, you know, because they were being persecuted. It could be um, because it was something that they were used to. You know, it's very difficult to slide away from something into something new if you've been doing that something old 
ever since you were a, a little baby. Right. You know, um, let's see, uh, in the notes here, um, spoken to us by his son. There we go. Uh, it's not so much that Jesus brought a message from the father. He is a message from the father. Uh, the book of Hebrews is God and the father telling us is God, the father telling us what God, the son is all about. Uh, he's yeah. an heir of all things. Yeah. Yeah. And heir of all things. But another, before we jump to that one too, is another theme of, of Hebrews. I didn't put this in the notes anywhere, but basically it's Jesus is better. Didn't just fill in the blank. I mean, this chapter one, we're going to talk about Jesus is better than the angels. Right. Uh, but pretty much it's fill in the blank after that. It's Jesus is better. Yeah. So he's the heir of all things. And here the idea is that Jesus is preeminent. Um, that it's connected to the idea of Jesus standing as the firstborn of crea- of all creation. We see Paul makes in Colossians 1.15. He um, made the universe. Yeah. Through him. Mm-hmm. Um, and the universe here is, is, is ages. And of course, you know, that note, um, you know, based on the translation that's up on the screen, it may not come through as well. Um, but we have, uh, he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Um, so I did, I did change that over. Okay. So thankfully I, I had a, like a little mind uh, note here from last night when I was doing the editing, I was like, I need to mention that, but it, it looks fine. So, well, yeah, well, but the point there was, I guess it's world in, in the ESV there, but the, the, right. in the Greek, it actually refers to ages. It's referring to time and Jesus did not just create all the material world. He created time, which would make perfect sense on why God is a timeless being. Well, and also shows us that science tells us that time is a dimension of our reality. What? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. hey, they are onto something there. Something, something, entropy. The author here knew something. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. We've got, uh, you know, following up in, in verse 3, the radiance of God's glory. We've never seen the sun, uh, only the rays of its light. Uh, we've never seen God the Father, only the rays of the Son of God. That's pretty good. And it says he's the exact expression of his nature. Jesus exactly represents God to us. Right. He sustains all things by the power by his powerful word. Um, just the fact that all creation happened because he spoke, um, he's also able to sustain it, which, you know, we'll get into it a little bit later, but when he wants to unsustain it, when he wants to abandon that, you know, for uh, regeneration... Right, and we, we also saw that um, in his earthly ministry, with with just the word of his mouth, he could heal, he could forgive, he could cast out demons, he could calm nature's fury, all with the words from his mouth. And we see that that word is what sustains all of creation. Yeah, and it makes purification for sins. Um, he's a being of great love. Um, he purged the, the guilt and, and shame of our sins, which is why we're here, why we're doing all of this, why we exist, um, is all thanks to him. He did it himself, and no one else could do it for us. That's what the entirety of the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, is about. It's proof positive that we can't do it um, without him. Yeah, and then in in the author, later in the book, makes makes a big deal with this too. After he did that, made purification for our sins, um, because there were some things that went on in heaven, completing the sacrifice and such, um, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. You don't just sit right next to God. No, this is a position of majesty, honor, and glory, and a finished work. And that's the the position Jesus sets. Uh, uh, it sets him far above all creation. Yeah, if you're sitting at the right hand of the Majesty and High, I mean, there, there's there's no better, better place of honor. Nothing. Yeah. So let's uh, <laughs> let's look at verses four to nine. All right, let me pop that over. Yeah, real quick. I'll, I'll read off the slide so it's the same. <laughs> all right, so we'll be going into four through seven here for the first set of slides. And Got then. it. 
So having become at much as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Or again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings the firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. Of the angels, he says, He makes his angels' winds and his ministers a flame of fire. But of the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of uprightness is the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Sorry, that was a bit difficult to read. Yeah, it's all right. (laughs) Yeah, the text is uh, a little on the skinny side uh, on the screen. All right. So, yeah, looking at, um, you know, four four through seven, four through nine, Mm -hmm. um, he became superior. He became better in the sense that, that he was made perfect, um, complete as our redeemer through mm-hmm. sa- uh, our, our, through sufferings. Um, you look at uh, Hebrews two ten, something no angel ever did. Right, right. Well, you said two ten. So for it was fitting for him for whom were all things and through whom were all things, in bringing many sons to glory to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. So yeah, yeah, yeah. through suffering, yeah. Um, and again, making the case that he's better than angels, better than Moses, better than the old covenant. Yeah. Um, and the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs. So a name is not merely a title, uh, but it's a description of, of, of a person's nature and their character. And, and Jesus, by his name, is better than the angels. Yeah. God calls him his son. Yeah. Um, and here is uh, that more excellent name. The angels are collectively called the sons of God. Yeah, uh, but no angel is ever given that title individually. Mm. So, and so today I have become your father, verse five, begotten you. Uh, this speaks of the equality of substance and essential nature between father and son. Right, uh, it means the father and son share the same being, uh, not that one is descended from the other, but that they are essentially the same being. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, going into, what is it, six, yeah. uh, his firstborn. Mm-hmm. Uh, this indicates someone of the highest position and, and honor. Um, this title was given to those not born first. Um, let's see, Jacob, David, Solomon. Yep, they were all referred to as um, firstborn, even though they weren't actually the first ones born of their mothers. Interesting. Yep. Um, ancient rab- uh, rabbis called Yahweh firstborn of the world. Uh, let all God's angels worship him. You can't worship something that is equal or below you. No. No, so he's superior if, he, if all the angels worship him. Yeah. Uh, and look at verse 7, his angels, his servants. The angels belong to Jesus. He, he's not one of them. Right. They, they're, they're his servants. Uh, and then your throne, God. This makes it plain that the Father calls the Son God. This is unique and powerful evidence of the deity of Jesus. I mean, there's no greater authority on who God is, then God. Yeah, it shows the the striking interaction uh, between the persons of the Trinity. Um, God, your God, speaks of the Father and his position of authority over the Son. You uh, refers to the Son. Um, anointed has in mind the ministry and presence of the Holy Spirit. Um, and now that we have that background... Um, we have the background <laughs> to and now. <laughs> yeah. Now we know what and means. Yeah, now we can go to and. 
which yes. uh, now we can move beyond and we 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 got and okay so and is done and is done so we don't have to worry about and anymore now we can go work you yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, but it's good and and that's yeah. the importance of you know we 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 pulled this scripture and started with and Josh almost had an aneurysm when I did that um, but I swear <laughs> it's, it's not where how you my start. Eyes, I know, but it's where my eyes landed. And so like he and I, we've been having conversation here and there mm-hmm. and you know, we, we both come to the agreement that, um, where we start reading is where we need to be. Right. But, but, we do, but, but in, in our in agreement has always been from the beginning is part of it will be, we have to look at the background, the context and such. So that's what we did. Yeah. So now that we've got the background context, we can, Move into the heart of our passage. Yeah, because if we're if you're not looking into the context, you're going to completely miss it, or you're yes. going to misrepresent something, and you could cause yourself harm. You could cause other people harm, and it's just not it's not worth it. No. You know, uh, it's better to look and question and read. Right. Um, random access study. So so now, so now let's look at verse ten. All right. Yeah. Pulling up ten. Do you want me to read that one? Yeah, you read it because I've done enough reading. <laughs> it says, "And uh, our our favorite word there, you Lord, in the beginning." laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. Okay, so you, Lord, tell me about that. Uh, it's, it's God speaking to Jesus as one and the same, equal to him, um, uh, with him at the start of all things. Mm-hmm. Um, let me switch over real quick so you guys can see us and not just a screen. All right, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's, so it's God speaking to Jesus the same. Yeah, And yeah. then the Son is described with attributes and terms that only belong to God here in verse 10, 11, and 12. Uh, laid the foundations of the earth. Uh, Jesus is the creator. It just it's it's made out, and then it says they will perish, but you remain. We see Jesus's self existence. He he doesn't need a, a universe to exist. We yeah. kind of do. If we don't have a place to live, we we can't exist. He's the sustainer of and all then, things. Yeah, like a mantle, you you will roll them up like a garment. You they will also be changed. Jesus is sovereign with authority over all of creation. And we're going a little bit further than 10. No, no, yeah, yeah. This is just, I'm, I'm laying these attributes that the, that the Father, the argument that's made. Oh, nice. Then we'll keep going. Yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. And then it says, you are the same. So Jesus is immutable, unchanging, and eternal. So, nice. yeah, that, that, that was the thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so back to verse 10, laying the foundations. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, so he founded, it, he founded it, set it up, um, firmly established, grounded. Yeah. Um, showcasing who it was that all things were made. Um, the earth, uh, you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, uh, the visible creation below the heavens that we inhabit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the heavens are the works of your hands. It says uh, the sky above, you know, that, that's what this is referring to, the first mentioned part of known and visible creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, um, and the works of your hands. So, so yeah. Christ is the Lord is the word that created. And he has physical presence. Yeah. Which is something that a lot of people don't understand. I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and they, they didn't realize that the physical manifestation of Jesus Christ in a human form ascended. Yeah, it's eternal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he maintains physical form eternally. And that just went whoosh, right over that person's head. Right, as we saw, he's sitting. He's sitting at the right hand of the Majesty on high right now. Yeah, you know, he's physically um, fulfilling a place. You know, yeah. God had God had always planned for Jesus Christ to be given an eternal physical body. Yes, 
Um, and, and we see, I'm going to go a little little off of the notes here. Can I pull up uh, the Psalms, uh, yeah, yeah, the 102? Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to pop this up real quick um, just for you guys to see. I have it up here. So it's, it's uh, Psalm 102, uh, verse 25. And, uh, and Josh this- has some really cool facts on this too. But it, it says, Of old you founded the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. All right, so that's really what we just got through reading in Hebrews, well, it's right? Ki- it's kind of close. Yeah. So what's the what's the big difference there? Well, you Lord's not there. Oh, that's weird. Why? Well, that actually comes from the Septuagint. The, the author is quoting the Septuagint. This would be the uh, Greek translation uh, done early um, in the, in the early church. Uh, Jesus quotes from the Septuagint. This was a, a thing used, and the Septuagint made clear that in, the, in Psalm one hundred two that it was God the Father speaking to the Messiah. So would that also give a little bit more evidence of, of, of Paul being the writer, being someone that would have studied all of this very that well? would I don't think that would lend any more evidence to Paul being the writer because okay. all, all people familiar with, with the Old Testament and, and, or scholars would be familiar with many, not all, let's say, but most would be familiar with the Septuagint. Um, it would be very common. Like I said, even Jesus sp- spoke from the Septuagint. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and it's usually very close, but with Hebrew is a more precise language. Uh, I mean, Greek is a more precise language, language than the Hebrew, so sometimes some more precise points are laid down there. Right, yeah. right. So, so we, we have here the, the foundations laid. And Jesus was before time began. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's the founder of earth and the heavens. And by founder, we mean creator, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. All creation spoken into existence. Oh, I guess that was your next point. Yeah, yeah. it was. See, you got that. <laughs> uh, and then informed by his hands. Yes. Which, you know, that... that just kind of wraps up in a nice little package, the uh, you know verse ten, right? Yeah, yeah. Pretty, he, pretty he's, simple. He's, he he is the Creator God. Yeah. So we'll we'll switch over now to uh, verse, verse 11. eleven. Yeah. And uh, did I read last or did you read last? You read last, so I'll read this you time. It, it says, oh. "They will perish, but you remain, and they all will become old like a garment." Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is the wrong. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right, so they. Mm-hmm. Who's they? The original creation of uh, heavens and earth. Okay, and so what are they going to do? It says they will perish. They're yeah. going to fall away. They're going to expire. They're going to be destroyed. They'll exist no longer in the way they are now known. Right. Now, how they will exist or whatever, we were talking about this a little bit beforehand. Yeah, um, yeah it, it, we'll find out. God's got something awesome coming. <laughs> it's going to be really cool. He doesn't tell us exactly how he's going to do it. Yeah, it, and there, there was that question of replication uh, or regeneration or replacement, basically. Right, right, right. You know, we were having that little discussion, and that's something uh, really cool. Maybe we'll put up um, a post um, later. And the Greek says both, so there's it's not either or. Oh, ooh. So maybe we won't. That's where it gets really post. interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so that one, I mean, is is, is so so they simple, they're right, the original know? heavens and earth. And yep. they're going to perish. Yeah. So let me pull up uh, these notes here. Mm-hmm. So uh, before and forevermore. You want to read the... Uh, oh, okay. You want to walk through there? Yeah. yeah so we'll so we'll he will do. always... Well, no, we didn't get to he will always be. See, you, you're getting ahead of yourself. Oh, did I get... Did yeah, I, I was get, setting you up for that one. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. So they will perish, but oh, you yeah. remain. There we so go. So the eternality of Jesus is that of the Almighty God. Right. Sharing in his attributes. So, got it. And uh, they will all uh, become old like a garment, aged, worn out, and in need of replacement. 
And we're back to heavens and earth on that one, right? Yeah, we are. Okay, so now we can do the before and evermore. Yeah, before okay. Anymore. Yes. Got it. So before so, and evermore, round right, two. Right. So Uh-oh. he will always be. Yeah. Um, and he being Jesus Christ. Yep. And this creation was never meant to last. It's like garments designed to wear out to be replaced. Yeah. And all authority is given him. Yeah. All right. So moving on, let's take a look at... At verse 12. Verse 12. Yep. And like a mantle, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will also be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not come to an end. Interesting. So mm-hmm. let's, let's break that down a little bit. Like okay. a mantle, you will roll them up. Mm-hmm. So this is showcasing Jesus' ability and capability to control his creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, even to the point of easily reducing everything that we know as reality to something as compact as a stored garment on a shelf. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. He's so going to roll, roll them up. Yeah, it reminds me of the the scrolls of old that priests would open and close and read at will. Um, you know, complete power. You know, mm-hmm. you, you could you could take that scroll and you could rip it. You could burn it. You could uh, throw it out the window. You could do whatever. You have absolute power and control over it. Um, but yeah, we won't go down that rabbit hole because then we can no. talk about love. We can talk about all kinds of cool <laughs> things. No, but here, as we move on to like a garment, I have to say you, you came up with something interesting here. Uh, and I guess this is this is when, you, when you're dealing with a tailor, you're gonna get a little different perspective. A little, a little. Um, so so like a garment. Share with me what you came up with. Uh, so like a garment, uh, covering what's underneath. Um, what what really, uh, what really came to me on on this thought was, um, you know, we we all have essentially garments over our faces. We can't see what the true world is. We can't see. Uh, the angelic host. We can't see heaven in our in our uh, limited uh, human physical body. So you know when that when that's taken away, when that's taken off, when it's rolled up, when um, a new one is put on that doesn't have those limitations, you know that I don't know that just uh, really spoke to me. And oh, maybe as a tailor, but no, uh, no, that, that yeah, I'd heard that one before. That wasn't what I was talking. About. Oh no, no, no. So I'm like not a original, garment, I'm not cool. Like a no, 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 no. You had something else. Like a garment, they yeah. will also be changed. Oh. So talk to me a little bit about that. That's what I was talking about. Right. Yeah. I'd heard the other one before. Okay, so so the the <laughs> the thing that came to my mind was like the the first animal sacrifice. A lot of people think um, that it was Cain and Abel. No, not Cain and Abel. It was it was God for Adam and Eve. Yeah, isn't that weird? So if you reread it, if you look back at Genesis, early Genesis, mm-hmm. you'll see where uh, after after the the fall, after they they ate of the fruit the uh, that they weren't supposed to partake of, um, they were naked. They realized that they were, and so they tried to cover themselves up with fig leaves. With fig leaves with, with it was a tailor you say that's not a good idea, right? No, it's not. But yeah. uh, we won't get into what those the size of those leaves were or anything like that because that's that's <laughs> you know whatever. But what's really cool is um, God then sacrificed animals to get skins to give to Adam and Eve to cover them up. Which, so, if you so, go even deeper than that... So the first that, animal sacrifice whose blood was shed was to make clothes for Adam and Eve. Yeah. Yeah. To take care of his people. Um, mm-hmm. And what, what's really interesting, though, is you, you can then slide forward into Cain and Abel. Um, what was the uh, un, unwelcome sacrifice? What was the sacrifice that wasn't as good as the other? Well, it, it was the, the fruits and vegetables, yes. But 
Yeah. So fig leaves, you got then animals, and, and it's just well, blood. It, it's well, the importance of blood. Well, but the problem with Cain's sacrifice is, is was his heart. We're, we're not told that he brought the wrong thing. We're not told he brought the right thing either. Um, there the lesson is that, that uh, his heart was wrong. Yeah. His heart was wrong. But let's get back to this garment will also be changed. <laughs> I like that. Okay, so the first sacrifice was to make clothes. Yep. Got that. So then, like a garment... They will also be changed. So, so, so complete that thought for me. This is this is what I found really interesting. <laughs> um, it's 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 as effortless to him um, as as we find it to to change a sock. You, you bend over, you you take a sock off, you put it back on. Whoop de doo. That's not really that hard, right? No, and, no. But I like your part about just like the sacrifice has been changed from the blood of animals to the ultimate sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Can you tell I've been dancing around it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Christ is going to bring change to the heavens and earth. But like here, so like right. a garment, they will also be changed. Well, a garment, the first garments w- w- was the blood sacrifice. Yeah. And those blood sacrifices were changed, completed through the work of Christ on the cross, through his blood sacrifice on the cross. Yeah. And then um, like a garment, they being here, the heavens and earth, not necessarily the the application here, it being they being the heavens and the earth, and Christ is going to change them just as effortlessly as, like you said, we put on a sock. Yeah. Um, but there was just that nice little thing, like a garment, they will also be changed. The sacrifice of Christ changes all the sacrifices given, which is going to be a main point in Hebrews. Yep. So like I said, I don't know that it was a point the author was making here, but it is a point that goes really well with the rest of the book of Hebrews. And they probably would have gotten it also. They most likely would have gotten the reference had they sat and thought about it. Maybe. At least the ones who made garments. Fair. You know, the tailors of that day, right? Uh, I hear they were really cool people. Yeah. Some of the coolest. But anyway. Um, but you're the same. Um, and I, I thought this point was really cool. Um, that God can't repent for things that he swore an oath to. Mm-hmm. Um, so this includes his, his promises. Uh, personality and all other divine attributes, all of that is Jesus Christ, God, same, same, uh, which is, again, the argument that this author is trying to make uh, or is making, um, trying to is not the the correct term. Um, Yeah. Like the heavens and earth are going to be changed, but Christ will not be changed. And he says, your years will not come to an end. Eternality. Uh, yeah, in stark contrast to the end of days, yeah. Jesus is likened to God in his eternality. So let's take a look at the the you know overarching notes here. Rolling up creation. Mm-hmm. Um, he is outside of space-time and is capable of what we view as the impossible. Uh, everything we know will be remade for eternity. He's steadfast, even as everything else changes. Mm-hmm. And we can rely on his eternal attributes. Now, I just want when I didn't notice this earlier. So he's outside space time and capable of the impossible. Yeah, not Jesus anymore. I mean, he's incapable of the impossible, but now he is inside space time. He's decided to step into his creation. Yeah. Now God Himself is not limited to space time, um, but Jesus. Remember, He took on a That's body. A he point. became one of us, and He's sitting on a throne. He, he's in one place at one time now. Uh, now, he's okay. also, he says, I am the Father of one. Right. The Holy Spirit is, is also referred to as the Spirit of Jesus. They make um, three persons one being. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we so can, but we, Jesus, we, is, Jesus has a physical body. Right. Um, he will have a physical body for eternity. He, he's decided to become human. 
Um, he's the firstborn among many brothers. So, so when, when the, the resurrection we have to look forward to is we become like him. Right. Uh, we get to put on that glorified body like him. Um, he's our proof that what he said, these promises will come true because of what happened to him. Yeah, so. we will have eternal life. Yes. All right. So looking at verse 13. Yeah, verse 13. Let me pull her up. Um, you. All right. But to which of the angels has he ever said, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Ooh, you had a really good point on this one. Uh, not to skip to the end, but I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, to which of the angels? And this, again, is is really teeing up the whole point the author is trying to make that we keep mentioning, but he spends the entirety of Hebrews doing it. Um, Jesus Christ is better than. Yep. Um, so set at my right hand, the angels stand before the father. Yeah. Th- there's no place for them to sit. Yeah. But the son sits down. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not a subject and he's sovereign at his throne. Yep. He's the sovereign sitting on his throne. Exactly. Yep. So, um, but this is the beginning of uh, the closing of our writer's points about Jesus being superior to angels, uh, the messengers of God. Um, Until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. This this was your note, and I thought it was really cool. Um, go for it. Okay, so uh, Jesus, unlike the angels, has a position of dominance and judgment over the world and all creation. In, in the, the a footstool at your feet, the footstool was a representation of a king sitting in judgment. Um, and we, we see this through Pilate, we see this through in Roman cultures and such. So when it says, I put your enemies at your footstool, uh, that, that literally means Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God until his enemies are ready for judgment. Right. So, uh, and that kind of lines up with uh, Revelation, kind of lines up with the rest of the book. Yeah, it wraps it all up. Yeah. But, yeah. but there's no place for the angels. It said, which of the angels did he say, sit at my right hand? There's no place for angels to sit down. So Jesus is not an angel. He's this is another way he's better than the angels. Um, yeah. and, and, and and like all his points as, as the author goes through here in Hebrews, uh, he doesn't just barely make a case that Jesus is better than whatever he's comparing it to. He lays it over and over again. And by the time you get to the end of a few verses, you realize it's not even close. Right. Angels yeah. were created to serve. Uh, Jesus Christ is... Not a servant. Well, now you're going to verse 14. Yeah. Might as well pop it up there. Well, I will. We still got to do the, the cool little point thing. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. So, you're have point thing. so here, we'll, we'll switch that over. Ooh, yeah. superior, superior to, to angels. angels. So so even the mightiest angels are subject to him. Yeah. So, um, and a- angels angel stand. stand. Jesus sits. Yeah. I mean, and uh, he's a sovereign being sitting on a throne. And uh, woe to his enemies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my note. And I, I just, I don't know. Pretty good one. Yeah, any anytime Jesus says woe to anything, um, oh boy. Or God says woe to anything. You know, uh, we, we saw that in a, in a few uh, uh, judgments on um, cities and whatnot. Right. Woe to you. Um, prophets said it, and it never turned out well. Nope. Um, so we'll go into... Uh, Hebrews one fourteen and um, let's see, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation? And uh, I, I feel like what he's trying to do here is is trying to um, appeal to their their sensibilities. Like you know what angels are, mm-hmm. you have the background of them, mm-hmm. you know what Jesus Christ 
was saying he was. Right. You followed him, and now you're wanting to switch around back to what you knew before. Right. Are you dumb? Uh, that that is mm-hmm. really how I I read that. Like, <laughs> are you are you stupid? Uh, why why would you do that? Uh-huh. Um. So here you can you can go through the notes here, and uh, we'll just kind of kick it back and forth. Okay. So so angels are ministering spirits. Service is their calling. Yeah. Um, they keep working while the son has a posture of rest. He's sitting down uh, because he's the son. I mean, the previous verse was sit at my right hand. And we talked about the angels. There, there is no position of rest. They're, they're never resting. They're always working before God. Right. Now, an interesting note here, though. Jesus is also called a servant uh, and a minister. Uh, but these are part of his voluntary humiliation. Going to Philippians 2, the kenosis, the emptying of himself. Right. Uh, they're not his essential nature. Uh, we're talking with angels. This is their essential nature. Um, it, it's the essential nature of of uh, angels to be servants. It's not the essential nature of Jesus. That was the emptying of himself to come serve us. Right. So um, we we see evidence of of um, the fact that angels were are, are sent to show love and care that that God has for us, His creation, mm-hmm. our, our earthly and spiritual being. Um, we're tended to, whether we know it or not, uh, we are. Mm-hmm. And even Jesus was yeah. in his earthly body. Yeah. yeah. Um, we, we see evidence of that in the wilderness temptation. You know, after, after Jesus uh, defeated Satan's temptation um, or didn't succumb to them, um, God sent angels to, to minister to, to him. Yeah. yeah, to tend to him. And, and all that, it, all it, it, in, when he's praying in Gethsemane, we see as he goes back to the disciples, Peter, James, and John, they keep falling asleep. He's got no one there. He's by himself. No one else will stay awake. Uh, at that time, I, I believe it's Luke talks about the, the, the angels coming and ministering to him at that time. So as, as he prepares for Judas to come to bring the, the, the soldiers to arrest him, God sends angels to minister to him. And, and I, I, I picture that. In my head, you know, kind of story like, you know, they just put a hand on a shoulder. They they whisper, you know, it, it's it's all going to be okay. This is all for the better. It's it's going to be fine. Uh, it's almost over. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just kind of picture that in my head. You know, build it. Uh, you know, in my own little little movie thing. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and so not only the ministering spirits, we know we know they serve God, but but who does God send them out to to render service to? People in need. No. No. What it says, no. What does it say then? Look right there. Oh, oh, inherit salvation. Yes. Who is that? People that believe in Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Which is again a point of why? Why would you abandon this new covenant? Why would you abandon what God has promised for the before? Right. Why would you go back in time? Right. And all the before is pointing to Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. Like we talk, this is us. Yep. It's given freely to those who turn away from the world, the old covenant, and turn to Christ. And we ultimately, like like the angels, we were created. Uh, we're created to give God glory mm-hmm. um, and to become His sons. Um, Jesus will always be His firstborn and rightful heir to the entirety of His kingdom. Yep. Yep. Um, and the uh, the angels ordained to serve God, but God shares these servants with his heirs. And this shows the great love that God has for us. Yeah. How he wants to share all things with us. Yeah. So we'll, uh, we'll quickly get through those points real quick. Yep. And uh, angels are ministers to him and his people. Mm-hmm. That's a 
pretty important thing. I mean, you, you can't discount how awesome angels are, right? You know, and the fact that we have access to them is is amazing uh, because they also helped take care of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, Jesus will rest in his dominion. Uh, the angels' tasks aren't yet completed. Uh, the inheritance of the saved. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we, we really get into application. Yeah, so how do we, we, we look at these five verses here, and, and uh, we've actually looked at the whole chapter, but really these five verses are, are, are what we're, we're settling on. How right. do we apply these to our lives? How do we make application where we can take them, and, and what do we do with them? Yeah. So, you know, to, to me, you know, I think uh, verse 2 tells us Jesus was appointed heir of all things. Verse 14 describes believers as those who will inherit salvation. There's a link there, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Uh, so, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, so society today tries to convince us, just like society back then was trying to, to convince the Hebrew believers of that yep. day, uh, to believe that there are many ways to salvation. In other right. words, you don't have to keep following Jesus and just come back to the temple, come back, you know, we'll, we'll, and it's not written just to Jews in, in, in Israel, but Jews all over the Roman Empire. But, you know, three times a year you go to Jerusalem, let's go back for Passover, let's go back to, for, for Yom Kippur, and, and right. back for um, Pentecost. So it, it, it's take back what's familiar. You know, there, there's, Jesus isn't the only way. There, there's plenty of ways, and this is the same thing we face today in our culture. Yeah, as, as, long as, you're, as long as you're worshiping God, yeah, it's fine. You're fine. You don't. You're worshiping have to the true God. Jesus. You're yeah. worshiping the true God. Yeah, so. yeah. And and other other religions, uh, other people. You know, I've I've heard it many times spoken um, by people that I that I know or knew, where it's like, oh, you know, it, it doesn't really matter if you're you're Buddhist or um, uh, what, like Muslim or or something like that. It's it's all the same God. Yeah, as long as you're a good person. All the Buddhists don't have a God. Do they know that. Yeah, so it's it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. No, it really doesn't, and that that's what this entire book is about. Um, last application: the author of Hebrews makes it clear in chapter one that Jesus is the only way to inherit salvation. There is no other way. Just one way. Yeah. So that that wraps up uh, Hebrews one ten to fourteen. <laughs> that pretty much wraps up. Uh, Hebrews one, but yeah, um, we had to go back to be able to go forward. So, and often you've got to put it in context. The most important thing. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, that all being said, we'd love to hear your comments. You know, if you stuck with us this long, um, obviously you enjoy the format. You enjoy the back and forth. You enjoy learning more about God's word. Um, and uh, you know, we're here for the long haul. We're only a couple of episodes in. I think this would be, what, the fifth episode at this point? Uh, Fifth live? I think so. Um, But, I mean, we're in it for the long haul. We go to church together. So all he does is drives over to my house, and we do this biweekly. It's not that hard. They made soup, and the soup is good. I made bread. I had no idea that they were making soup. Was the bread and the soup good together? Oh, they were perfect together. Yeah, they really were. Mm -hmm. Uh, The recipe's amazing. 500. Okay, so anyway. Um, (laughs) So moving on, yes. Now it's it's time for our next random. It's time to find study. out where we're going to be next. Yeah. So I, uh, you, you pulled. I read. Yep. Now yep. I pull. You read. Yep. Right. Oh boy. There we go. Let's see. Uh, there we go. Where are we at? We are in Luke. What part? Oh, I see Beatitudes. So we're going to start there. Oh, 
Okay, give me... So we're going to be in Luke chapter 6, verse 20. Okay, hang on. I'm pulling her up right now. And switching over to Logos. All right. And turning his gaze towards his disciples, he began to say, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you and ostracize you and insult you and scorn your name as evil for the sake of the Son of Man. Be glad in that day and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way their fathers used to treat the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you are receiving your comfort in full. Woe to you who are well fed now, for you are receiving comfort in full. Woe to you... No, I, I, no, woe to you who are well fed now, for you shall be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way. But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Whoever hits you on the cheek, offer him the other also. And whoever takes away your coat, do not withhold your shirt from him either. Go to everyone who asks of you, and whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, I lost my place. Well, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. And do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Pardon, and you will be pardoned. Give, and you will be given to you. They will pour into your lap a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. For by your standard of measure, it will be measured to you in return. Well, that's going to be interesting. <laughs> so that was verses 20 to 36. 20 through 36. Yes. Luke right. 20 to 36. All right. So I've got that recorded. Um, immediately, my mind goes to, you know, well, so what if, if you're, you're rich on earth? So, so what if you've got enough food? You know, that's not that bad. That means, you know, God's blessing you, right? But these people that he's talking about have to be the ones that are misusing their blessings or are not thankful for their blessings and their origin. Um, that's where the woe happens. And we kind of got into the woes uh, earlier you know, with, with the prophets and, and God saying woe to this and that. Um, now he's saying woe to people that are well-fed and rich. Yeah. What? <laughs> now, now what? I think it's woe based upon your behavior. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, we'll be getting into that. Uh, mm -hmm. Luke 6, 20 through 36. Uh, we've got, uh, what is it? We've got about eight minutes. We could wrap it up early. We don't have to go a full hour. Okay. Um, you know, I, there's, again, you know, a significant amount that we need to take into account here. Yeah, definitely. So um, interested to see what you guys have to say about, um, 
you know, our analysis and deep dive uh, into Hebrews 1, uh, 10 through 14. Um, interested to, to hear your information, uh, like your thoughts on just the entirety of Hebrews chapter 1 also. You know, did uh, how we explain things, did it, did it come through, you know, nice and clear? Do you have any additional questions? Uh, do you have any concerns in, in how we explain things? Do you disagree with us for any reason whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do, bring it up. Yeah. Bring it up out in the open. Like, we want to talk about it because if we're wrong and you can give supporting evidence for it, okay, let's go. <laughs> like, you know, it's not, it's not just uh, us out here teaching y'all. It's, you know, we're edifying one another. Uh, we're taking God's word. We're um, breaking it apart into little digestible chunks, except for when Josh decides to read a lot. Um, and I was then, looking for a breaking point. There just wasn't one. <laughs> um, I went to yeah. work as a non-red letters, and that's where I stopped. Yeah, which, you know, I, I think was a, a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Luke 6, um, 20 through 36 yes. will be what we're going to be studying on over the next couple of weeks here. Um, we'll post that here in just a little bit. Um, I did just apply for um, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. We're now up on Podbean. Um, if you're watching this live on Facebook right now, there should be a post just under this one, uh, which will not be valid for anybody listening you know, later on, um, that will have the Podbean link. I will uh, most likely pin it up to the top of our uh, information, maybe add that as our website for mm-hmm. right now. That way you can get a live, uh, or not a live, you can get the recorded uh, audio-only feed. Um, and it follows the exact same structure as this. There's no, like, fancy pants cuts or anything of that. Uh, you, you, you're going to have the uh, the embarrassing pauses. You're going to have the... Uh, you know, the, uh, oops, Aaron switched to the, the wrong scene thing on Streamlabs. <laughs> um, you just won't be able to see it. Yeah, you won't be able to see it. So if <laughs> we're laughing. The evidence will disappear. Exactly. It didn't actually happen. If you didn't see it. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't. Because you won't. It's it's audio only. But um, we'll have that up. And love to have you guys follow. Leave reviews. Again, we're, we're starting to grow, which really matters. We were at 107 followers. Uh, what is today? Sunday. Sunday. Uh, late last week. We're, um, because of, I, I guess, decent posts or, you know, just God's providence overall uh, in showing us that, that this is something that we need to continue uh, and a little bit of advertising. And uh, we're up to, what, 153 followers? Right now, yeah. Which, you know, regardless of advertising dollars or not, that we're both willing to put into this to see this grow, um, we're seeing growth. And that means a lot. So for everybody that has just recently joined, everybody that has uh, just recently you know, liked, uh, subscribed, smashed the follow button, whatever the, the terms is, um, thank you. That means a lot to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hit us up on the Facebook uh, the Facebook page. You can send us an, an email, uh, randomactsofstudypodcast at gmail.com. It's randomactsofstudypodcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us a uh, uh, email, hate mail, love mail, um, whatever. You don't have to send the hate mail. Just if you do, just put Josh's name in the beginning. I'll just <laughs> forward it over to him. Uh, but anyway, guys, uh, thank you again. Thanks for watching. And um, I'm going to play the the out bumper. And we'll see you 2.30 Eastern in two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So peace out, guys. It's been great.